Sections 1 through 17 of Of Holy Virginity, De Virginitate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Of Holy Virginity, De Virginitate by St. Augustine of Hippo. Translated by Charles John Cornish, 1810-1870. Sections 1 through 17. From the Retractions 2.23. After I had written on the good of marriage, it was expected that I should write on holy virginity, and I did not delay to do so, and that it is God's gift, and how great a gift, and with what humility to be guarded, so far as I was able I set forth in one volume. This book begins, etc. We lately put forth a book of the good of marriage, in which also we admonished and admonish the virgins of Christ, not on account of that greater gift which they have received, to despise in comparison of themselves the fathers and mothers of the people of God, and not to think those men whom the apostle sets forth as the olive, that the engrafted wild olive be not proud, who did service to Christ about to come hereafter, even by the begetting of sons, on this account of less desert, because by divine right continence is preferred to wedded life, and pious virginity to marriage. Forsooth, in them were being prepared and brought forth future things, which now we see fulfilled in a marvelous and effectual manner, whose married life also was prophetic, whence, not after the wonted custom of human wishes and joys, but by the very deep counsel of God, in certain of them fruitfulness obtained to be honored, in certain also barrenness to be made fruitful. But at this time, towards them unto whom it is said, if they contain not, let them be married, we must use not consolation, but exhortation. But them unto whom it is said, Whoever can receive, let him receive, we must exhort, that they be not alarmed, and alarm that they be not lifted up. Wherefore, virginity is not only to be set forth, that it may be loved, but also to be admonished, that it be not puffed up. This we have undertaken in our present discourse. May Christ help us, the son of a virgin, and the spouse of virgins, born after the flesh of a virgin womb, and wedded after the spirit in virgin marriage. Whereas, therefore, the whole church itself is a virgin espoused unto one husband Christ, as the apostle says, of how great honor are its members worthy, who guard this even in the flesh itself, which the whole church guards in the faith, which imitates the mother of her husband and her lord. For the church also is both a mother and a virgin. For whose virgin purity consult we for, if she is not a virgin? Or whose children address we, if she is not a mother? Mary bare the head of this body after the flesh. The church bears the members of that body after the spirit. In both, virginity hinders not fruitfulness. In both, fruitfulness takes not away virginity. Wherefore, whereas the whole church is holy both in body and spirit, and yet the whole is not virgin in body but in spirit. How much more holy is it in these members, wherein it is virgin both in body and spirit? It is written in the gospel of the mother and brethren of Christ, that is, his kindred after the flesh, that when word had been brought to him, and they were standing without, because they could not come to him by reason of the crowd, he made answer, Who is my mother? or who are my brethren? And stretching forth his hand over his disciples, he says, These are my brethren, and whosoever shall have done the will of my father, that man is to me brother and mother and sister. 
What else teaching us than to prefer to kindred after the flesh our descent after the spirit? And that men are not blessed for this reason, that they are united by nearness of flesh unto just and holy men, but that by obeying and following they cleave unto their doctrine and conduct. Therefore, Mary is more blessed in receiving the faith of Christ than in conceiving the flesh of Christ. For to a certain one who said, Blessed is the womb which bear you, he himself made answer, Yea, rather blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. Lastly, to his brethren, that is, his kindred after the flesh, who believed not in him, what profit was there in that being of kin? Thus also her nearness as mother would have been no profit to Mary, had she not borne Christ in her heart after a more blessed manner than in her flesh. Her virginity also itself was on this account more pleasing and accepted, in that it was not that Christ being conceived in her, rescued it beforehand from a husband who would violate it, himself to preserve it, but before he was conceived, chose it, already dedicated to God, as that from which to be born. This is shown by the words which Mary spoke in answer to the angel announcing to her conception. How, says she, shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Which assuredly she would not say unless she had before vowed herself unto God as a virgin. But, because the habits of the Israelites as yet refused this, she was espoused to a just man who would not take from her by violence, but rather guard against violent persons, what she had already vowed. Although even if she had said this only, how shall this take place, and had not added, seeing I know not a man, certainly she would not have asked how, being a female, she could give birth to her promised son, if she had married with purpose of sexual intercourse. She might have been bidden also to continue a virgin, that in her by fitting miracle the Son of God should receive the form of a servant, but being to be a pattern to holy virgins, lest it should be thought that she alone needed to be a virgin, who had obtained to conceive a child even without sexual intercourse, she dedicated her virginity to God, when as yet she knew not what she should conceive, in order that the imitation of a heavenly life in an earthly and mortal body should take place of vow not of command, through love of choosing, not through necessity of doing service. Thus Christ being born of a virgin, who, before she knew who was to be born of her, had determined to continue a virgin, chose rather to approve than to command holy virginity. And thus, even in the female herself, in whom he took the form of a servant, he willed that virginity should be free. There is, therefore, no reason why the virgins of God be sad, because themselves also cannot, keeping their virginity, be mothers of the flesh. For him alone could virginity give birth to with fitting proprietary, who in his birth could have no peer. However, that birth of the Holy Virgin is the ornament of all holy virgins, and themselves together with Mary are mothers of Christ, if they do the will of his Father. For Mary also is on this account the mother of Christ in a way more full of praise and blessing, according to his sentence mentioned above, Whosoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, that one is to me brother and sister and mother. All these degrees of nearness of kin to himself he shows forth in a spiritual manner in the people whom he has redeemed. As brothers and sisters he has holy men and holy women, for as much as they are co-heirs in the heavenly inheritance. His mother is the whole church, because she herself assuredly gives birth to his members, 
that is, his faithful ones. Also his mother is every pious soul, doing the will of his father with most fruitful charity, in them of whom it travails, until himself be formed in them. Mary, therefore, doing the will of God after the flesh, is only the mother of Christ, but after the spirit she is both his sister and mother. And on this account, that one female, not only in the spirit, but also in the flesh, is born a mother and a virgin, and a mother indeed in the spirit, not of our head, which is the Savior himself, of whom rather she was born after the spirit, forasmuch as all who have believed in him, among whom is herself also, are rightly called children of the bridegroom, but clearly the mother of his members, which are we in that she wrought together by charity that faithful ones should be born in the church, who are members of that head, but in the flesh the mother of the head himself. For it behooved that our head, on account of a notable miracle, should be born after the flesh of a virgin, that he might thereby signify that his members would be born after the spirit of the church a virgin. Therefore Mary alone, both in spirit and in flesh, is a mother and a virgin, both the mother of Christ and a virgin of Christ. But the church, in the saints who shall possess the kingdom of God, in the spirit indeed is altogether the mother of Christ, altogether a virgin of Christ. But in the flesh not altogether, but in certain a virgin of Christ, in certain a mother, but not of Christ. Forsooth both faithful women who are married and virgins dedicated to God, by holy manners and charity out of a pure heart and good conscience and faith unfeigned, because they do the will of the Father, are after a spiritual sense mothers of Christ. But they who in married life give birth to children after the flesh give birth not to Christ but to Adam, and therefore run, that their offspring, having been died in his sacraments, may become members of Christ, forasmuch as they know what they have given birth to. I have said this, lest haply married fruitfulness dare to vie with virgin chastity, and to set forth Mary herself, and to say unto the virgins of God, she had in her flesh two things worthy of honor, virginity and fruitfulness. Inasmuch as she both continued a virgin and bore, this happiness, since we do not both have the whole, we have divided, that you be virgins, we be mothers. For what is wanting to you in children, let your virginity, that has been preserved, be a consolation. For us, let the gain of children make up for our lost virginity. This speech of faithful women married unto holy virgins would anyhow be to be endured, if they gave birth to Christians in the flesh. That in this alone, save virginity, the fruitfulness of Mary in the flesh should be more excellent, that she gave birth to the head himself of these members, but they to the members of that head. But now, although by this speech, their vice such as on this one account wed and have intercourse with husbands, that they may have sons, and have no other thought of their sons, than to gain them for Christ, and do this so soon as they can, yet are not Christians born of their flesh, but made so afterwards, the church giving them birth through this, that in a spiritual manner she is the mother of the members of Christ, of whom also after a spiritual manner she is the virgin. And unto this holy birth mothers also, who have not born in the flesh Christians, are workers together, that they may become what they know that they could not give birth to in the flesh, yet 
are they workers together through this, wherein themselves also are virgins and mothers of Christ, that is to say, in faith which works through love. Therefore, no fruitfulness of the flesh can be compared to holy virginity, even of the flesh. For neither is itself also honored because it is virginity, but because it has been dedicated to God. And, although it be kept in the flesh, yet it is kept by religion and devotion of the spirit. And by this means, even virginity of body is spiritual, which continence of piety vows and keeps. For, even as no one makes an immodest use of the body, unless the sin have been before conceived in the spirit, so no one keeps modesty in the body, unless chastity have been before implanted in the spirit. But, further, if modesty of married life, although it be guarded in the flesh, is yet attributed to the soul, not to the flesh, under the rule and guidance of which the flesh itself has no intercourse with any beside its own proper estate of marriage, how much more, and with how much greater honor, are we to reckon among the goods of the soul that continence whereby the virgin purity of the flesh is vowed, consecrated, and kept for the Creator Himself of the soul and flesh? Wherefore, Neither are we to believe that their fruitfulness of the flesh, who at this time seek in marriage nothing else save children, to make over unto Christ, can be set against the loss of virginity. Forsooth in former times unto Christ, about to come after the flesh, the race itself of the flesh was needful, in a certain large and prophetic nation. But now, when from out every race of men, and from out all nations, members of Christ may be gathered unto the people of God, and city of the kingdom of heaven, Whoever can receive sacred virginity, let him receive it, and let her only, who contains not, be married. For what, if any rich woman were to expend much money on this good work, and to buy from out different nations slaves to make Christians, will she not provide for the giving birth to members of Christ in a manner more rich and more numerous than any, how great soever, fruitfulness of the womb? And yet, she will not therefore dare to compare her money to the offering of holy virginity. But, if for the sake of making such as shall be born Christians, fruitfulness of the flesh shall with just reason be set against the loss of chastity, this matter will be more fruitful, if virginity be lost at a great price of money, whereby many more children may be purchased to be made Christians, than could be born from the womb, however fruitful of a single person. But, if it be extreme folly to say this, let the faithful women that are married possess their own good, of which we have treated, so far as seems fit, in another volume, and let them more highly honor, even as they are most rightly used to do, in the sacred virgins, their better good, of which we are treating in our present discourse. For not even herein ought such as are married to compare themselves with the deserts of the continents, in that of them virgins are born. For this is not a good of marriage, but of nature, which was so ordered of God, as that of every sexual intercourse whatever of the two sexes of humankind, whether in due order and honest, or base and unlawful, there is born no female save a virgin, yet is none born a sacred virgin. So it is brought to pass that a virgin is born even of fornication, but a sacred virgin not even of marriage. Nor do we ourselves set forth this, in virgins, that they are virgins, but that they are virgins dedicated unto God by pious continence. For it is not at a venture that I may say a married woman seems to me happier than a virgin about to be married. For the one has 
what the other as yet desires, especially if she be not yet even the betrothed of any one. The one studies to please one unto whom she has been given, the other may in doubt unto whom she is to be given. By this one thing she guards modesty of thought from the crowd, that she is seeking not an adulterer, but a husband in the crowd. Therefore that virgin is with good reason set before a married woman, who neither sets herself forth for the multitude to love, whereas she seeks from out the multitude the love of one, nor, having now found him, orders herself for one, taking thought of the things of the world, how to please her husband, but has so loved him of fair beauty above the sons of men, as that, because she could not, even as Mary, conceive him in her flesh, she has kept her flesh also virgin for him conceived in her heart. This kind of virgins no fruitfulness of the body has given birth to. This is no progeny of flesh and blood. If of these the mother be sought for, it is the church. None bears sacred virgins save a sacred virgin. She, who has been espoused to be presented chaste unto one husband, Christ, of her, not altogether in body, but altogether in spirit virgin, are born holy virgins both in body and in spirit. Let marriages possess their own good, not that they beget sons, but that honestly, that lawfully, that modestly, that in a spirit of fellowship they beget them, and educate them, after they have been begotten, with cooperation, with wholesome teaching, and earnest purpose, in that they keep the faith of the couch one with another, in that they violate not the sacrament of wedlock. All these, however, are offices of human duty, but virginal chastity and freedom through pious continence from all sexual intercourse is the portion of angels, and a practice, incorruptible flesh, of perpetual incorruption. To this let all fruitfulness of the flesh yield, all chastity of married life. The one is not in man's power, the other is not in eternity. Free choice has not fruitfulness of the flesh, heaven has not chastity of married life. Assuredly, they will have something great beyond others in that common immortality, who have something already not of the flesh in the flesh. Whence they are marvelously void of wisdom, who think that the good of this continence is not necessary for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, but for the sake of the present world, in that forsooth married persons are strained different ways by earthly cares more and more straitened, from which trouble virgins and continent persons are free as though on this account only it were better not to be married, that the straits of this present time may be escaped, not that it is of any profit unto a future life, and that they may not seem to have put forth this vain opinion from out the vanity of their own heart, they take the apostle to witness, where he says, But concerning virgins I have not command of the Lord, but I give counsel, as having obtained mercy from God to be faithful. Therefore, I think that this is good on account of the present necessity, because it is good for a man so to be. Lo, say they, where the apostle shows that this is good on account of the present necessity, not on account of the future eternity, as though the apostle would have regard for the present necessity otherwise than as providing and consulting for the future, whereas all his dealing calls not save unto life eternal. It is therefore the present necessity that we are to avoid, but yet such as is a hindrance to somewhat of the good thing to come, by which necessity the married life is forced to have thought of the things of the world, how to please the husband, the wife, or the wife, the husband. Not that these separate from the kingdom of God, as there are sins, 
which are restrained by command, not by counsel, on this account, because it is matter of condemnation not to obey the Lord when he commands, but that which within the kingdom of God itself might be more largely possessed, if there were larger thoughts how they were to please God, will assuredly be less, when, as this very thing is less thought of by necessity of marriage. Therefore he says, Concerning virgins I have not command of the Lord, for whoever obeys not a command is guilty and liable for punishment. Wherefore, because it is not sin to marry a wife or to be married, but if it were a sin, it would be forbidden by a command, on this account there is no command of the Lord concerning virgins. But since, after we have shunned or had forgiveness of sins, we must approach eternal life, wherein is a certain or more excellent glory, to be assigned not unto all who shall live forever, but unto certain there, in order to obtain which it is not enough to have been set free from sins, unless there be vowed unto him who sets us free something which it is no matter of fault not to have vowed, but matter of praise to have vowed and performed. He says, I give counsel, as having obtained mercy from God, that I should be faithful. For neither ought I to grudge faithful counsel, who, not by my own merits, but by the mercy of God, am faithful. I think, therefore, that this is good, by reason of the present necessity. This, says he, on which I have not command of the Lord, but give counsel, that is concerning virgins, I think to be good by reason of the present necessity. For I know what the necessity of the present time, unto which marriages serve, compels, that the things of God be less thought of than is enough for the obtaining that glory, which shall not be of all, although they abide in eternal life and salvation. For star differs from star in brightness, so also the resurrection of the dead. It is, therefore, good for a man so to be. After that the same apostle adds and says, You are bound to a wife, seek not loosening. You are loosed from a wife, seek not a wife. Of these two, that which be set first pertains unto command, against which it is not lawful to do. For it is not lawful to put away a wife, save because of fornication, as the Lord himself says in the gospel. But that which he added, You are loosed from a wife, seek not a wife, is a sentence of counsel, not of command. Therefore it is lawful to do, but it is better not to do. Lastly, he added straightway, Both if you shall have taken a wife, you have not sinned, and if a virgin shall have been married, she sins not. But after that former saying of this, You are bound to a wife, seek not loosening, he added not, did he, and if you shall be have loosed, you have not sinned. For he had already said above, but to these who are in marriage I command, not I, but the Lord, that the wife depart not from her husband. But if she shall have departed, that she remain unmarried, or be reconciled unto her own husband. For it may come to pass that she depart not through any fault of her own, but of her husband. Then, he says, and let not the man put away his wife, which, nevertheless, he set down of command of the Lord. Nor did he then add, and if he shall have put her away, he sins not. For this is a command, not to obey which is sin, not a counsel, which if you shall be unwilling to use, you will obtain less good, not do any ill. On this account, after he had said, you are loosed from a wife, seek not a wife, because he was not given command, in order that there be not evil done, but was given counsel, in order that there be done what is better, 
Straightway he added, Both, if you shall have taken a wife, you have not sinned, and if a virgin shall have been married, she sins not. Yet he added, But such shall have tribulation of the flesh, but I spare you. In this matter of exhorting unto virginity and continual continence, so as some little to alarm also from marriage, with all modesty, not as from a matter evil and unlawful, but as from one burdensome and troublesome. For it is one thing to incur dishonor of the flesh, and another to have tribulation of the flesh. The one is matter of crime to do, the other of labor to suffer, which for the most part men refuse not even for the most honorable duties. But for the having of marriage, now at this time, wherein there is no service done unto Christ about to come through descent of flesh by the beginning of the family itself, to take upon one to bear that tribulation of the flesh, which the apostle foretells to such as shall be married, would be extremely foolish, did not incontinent persons fear, lest, through the temptation of Satan, they should fall into damnable sins. But whereas he says that he spares them, who, he says, will have tribulation of the flesh, there suggests itself to me, in the meanwhile, no sounder interpretation than that he was unwilling to open and unfold in words this selfsame tribulation of the flesh which he foreannounced to those who chose marriage, in suspicions of jealousy of married life, in begetting and nurture of children, in fears and sorrows of childlessness. For how very few, after they have found themselves with the bonds of marriage, are not drawn and driven to and fro by these feelings. And this we ought not to exaggerate, lest we spare not the very persons who the apostles thought were to be spared. Only by this, which I have briefly set down, the reader ought to be set on his guard against those who, in this that is written, but such shall have tribulation of the flesh, but I spare you, falsely charge marriage as indirectly condemned by this sentence, as though he were unwilling to utter the condemnation itself when he says, But I spare you, for that forsooth, when he spares them, he spared not his own soul, as saying falsely, And if you shall have taken a wife, you have not sinned, and if a virgin shall have been married, she sins not. And this, whoever believe, or would have believed concerning Holy Scripture, they, as it were, prepare for themselves a way for liberty of lying, or for defense of their own perverse opinion, in whatever case they hold other sentiments than what sound doctrine demands. For if there shall be alleged any plain statement from the divine books whereby to refute their errors, this they have at hand as a shield, whereby defending themselves as it were against the truth, they lay themselves bare to be wounded by the devil to say that the author of the book did not speak the truth in this instance, at one time in order to spare the weak, at another in order to alarm despisers, just as a case shall come to hand, wherein to defend their own perverse opinion, and thus, while they had rather defend than amend their own opinions, they essay to break the authority of Holy Scripture, whereby alone all proud and hard necks are broken. End of sections 1 through 17